lined up with what Willie was talking about. He he asked me what I was preaching on, and I had to go to my notes to remember what I titled it, Knowing Who You Are. You know, I believe that in the time that we're in, the, the season of life that we're in, the, the, the condition where the world is, that there's it's coming down to there's a lot of differences in where people stand. And we need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. We need to know what we stand for, why we stand for it, and how we believe. But, you know, I was relating it to, I was thinking about titles. You know, uh, maybe some of you have have earned a title at a job, maybe at, at a, in a career position. You've gotten a job of title as a manager. You've gotten a title as a supervisor. You've gotten a title of, of different different kinds that gave you a certain amount of authority and gave you a certain amount of responsibility. And, and you know, titles like that would be one that would cause us to uh, sometimes change even in how we viewed ourselves. Well, see, there's a negative side to titles as well, and sometimes we, we receive a title that we wouldn't have, uh, we don't care for. Maybe it starts to cause us to think less of ourselves. And see, where God is concerned, you know, the one title that's the most important and really the only one that matters in the whole scheme of things is I'm a child of God. And that identity and having that as our understanding of that, that we are His is key. You know, uh, some of your titles could be that we'd be most proud of might be a, as a parent or, or a grandparent. I know a lot of you experience that title of grandparent. I'm going to get to uh, our first one will be born next month. And so we're excited about that. We're definitely, you won't be seeing my wife as much. She'll be headed up to Westminster, which is between Boulder and Denver, a lot. So uh, I just decided, I told her, I said, you're going to be gone all the time with the grandkids. Uh, I think I'll just build me a little cabin up on the ranch where the cows are, and I don't have to drive 25 miles. I can saddle a horse, check all my cows from right there. So... Uh, Anyway, I may not really do that, but uh, anyway, <clears throat> I, I may pitch a tent and just, just sleep up there or something when the weather's this nice, you know. But here's the thing. Uh, a title that we have as a person is one thing. And, you know, isn't it interesting how sometimes a, 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 the title that people have, it causes you to form an opinion or form an idea of them. You see uh, some titles that would be would make you think highly of somebody, and then have you ever? You know, I've always had the idea that that famous people were were normally just common folks. You know, I, I didn't get real in awe of famous people. I've been around a few people that that I, I thought was pretty neat to to meet them, but most of the time that you, you know you got to remember they just put they pull their britches one le on one leg at a time, just like you do, and unless they unless they are crafty enough, I guess, to, to get them on at the same time. But it, it's it's the same. Their life may just be a little bit different, but when it all boils down is what's on the inside. Because here's the here's the one some of the greatest disappointments I've had is to meet a famous person, somebody you admired or looked up to, and then find out they're a jerk, or find out they're they're not a nice person. You know, I, I remember uh, uh, one of the one of the scandals among, or one of the issues among some of the sports athletes that was going on. My son was about ten or or maybe eleven, twelve, somewhere in that in that range, and and he had this certain baseball player he really looked up to, and then they found out he was. He was doping, you know, and, and he goes, Dad, he goes, I'm, I'm through putting these people on any kind of pedestal. 
And I said, well, you just learned something. That's, that's really good. Now, there's, there's a few men that I know that I'd really be in awe of, that I'd really like to spend some time. Trevor Brazil would be somebody I'd really like to visit with and talk to. I've said that before because I believe he's a good man. He's a, he's a good father and family man as well as a, the, the best rodeo cowboy, most winningest and all that kind of stuff. But, but that title is worthless in my eyes of any position of anything if the person behind it isn't genuine and isn't real. And again, it can be the same way with somebody who may not have the title or the recognition before men, but they're genuinely a good person and they have the right things going on. Then I, then I have that, that same amount of respect and love for somebody just because of those things. And so, you know, that's just on a natural level and on a flesh level. But what about on a uh, spiritual level? You know, what does God say about us? You know, the wonderful thing is, is just like uh, Willie brought out, the, the fact that we have sinned, the condemnation is no longer there because it's put under the blood of Jesus. Now, at least by God, because what does Romans 8.1 say? It says that if there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, not because men won't, some people won't sometimes condemn us, or we might condemn somebody else. You ever you know, failed and, and did something you shouldn't do. We might condemn somebody. We might judge somebody for what they've done. But where God is concerned, when He places it under the blood of Jesus, and, and whenever we, He considers us as by the cross, He's looking at us through the redemptive power of God, having understood the, the forgiveness and the power of that, of that, of that uh, the cross and what the blood has done. I want us to look at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And I want us to start here. We'll back up and look at these other verses a little bit. But as I was beginning, as I was praying about, Lord, what do, what do I teach tonight? This isn't, you know, in, in really deep. It's not really necessarily profound, but it's foundational in our ability to really come to God with confidence. I referred to that scripture about being able to come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and help in time of need. Well, if we're full of condemnation or if we have a low self-image of ourselves, and we think we're no good and worthless, we're not going to come boldly to the throne of grace. See, in verse 3, he says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than you ought to think, but to think of himself soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now you say, well, you're talking about a lot of this stuff, and then you just come in here and says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. And see, you, you know that you've listened to me a lot. You know where I'm going with this. Because it says not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to. It don't say, don't hear what it didn't say. What did it not say? It did, it did not say to not think highly of yourself. He you said, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me reread that. Let's reread that again. Just the middle of that. Not to think of himself, the middle of that verse 3, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. See, don't stop with or, or drop out those words that says to not think highly of yourself. Now, here's, here's, the, here's the guard. Here's the way we've got to protect ourselves. See, when you take the whole of the Scripture, and you look at all of it, you know how God deals with, pri with pride. You know He hates pride. You know that, that, that pri being prideful will separate you from, from the blessing of God and, and, and receiving from God. 
Pride will get you in trouble. Pride will cause you to do things. So, so understand and separate out pride. That's when you think too, too highly of yourself. That's when the title makes you start throwing your chest out, makes you start treating people wrong. The title gives you power, and power messes with your head. Not everybody, but it's those people that didn't come to church tonight, right? None of us would ever do anything like that. But see, here's the thing. I, I, remember, I, I remember one time when I first started in ministry, and, and, and I won't tell the whole story of, of, of how I got into ministry, but I, I went in kicking and streaming, screaming. I didn't want to be a minister. I just wanted to be a rancher and a cowboy and, and, and have a bunch of cows, and, and that's all I ever wanted to do. And, and, but I knew I had this call of God, and as I began to, to follow His plan and His purpose for my life, you know, at, at one point, God really began to use me, and, and there was some—I mean, He's— He's used me a lot since then, but there was this, this early time where I remember the, the power of God, the, 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 the ministry was going good. There were, you know, the, I was a youth pastor at the time, and the youth group was really growing, and, and lives changed, and, and people were starting to talk. Oh, man, Kelly, he's, boy, he's right on. He's, he's, he's anointed. And, you know, and that's what I was after was God's anointing and to bless what I was doing. And, and then I, I helped with the prayer team, the prayer ministry. I mean, people getting healed and people's lives getting changed. And people sensed the power of God when I prayed. And, and, and all of a sudden, I began to just bring them to me. Got a little proud. You know, just, and I didn't quite do it that way. I didn't do it outwardly. But on the inside, see, God knows our heart. We can't hide from God. We can, we, can, we can act all perfect on the outside, right? But on the inside, I was starting to go, yeah. And you know what? One, one, one time, I, I just remember it so, so clear. It was as if I began to pray for somebody. Somebody came with a prayer need. And they threw, threw me something that normally the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, would just give me the right words to say. And, and, and I could sense and feel the, the anointing of God as I prayed for people. And, and there, boy, there was nothing. And you know what I saw in my spirit was, was God showed me this picture, and it was like he stepped back. I'm on my own. And he says, How's, you know, the, the, the thought was, the voice, the, the way I heard this was he said, how do you like that? Where do you think this power comes from? Now, see, here's the thing. That's why Paul was cautioning them. He said, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought in other words, keep everything in the right place. Remain humble. See, that's when, that's when I took 1 Peter, uh, 3, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 to 7, that, that says that, I, Lord, I humble myself under the mighty hand of God that you may exalt me in due time. I took that scripture and made that my prayer. I've, I've taken scriptures like that and made that my confession so that, God, I'd only think as highly of myself than I need to think. I'd never think less of myself because of past failures or sin, because of what people thought or said, because of failures, because of any other thing. But I'm not going to think too highly either so that I get into pride and miss being in the place where God needs me to be. See, I want it to be right in the right place. That's why I, I also learned the... Uh, the uh, phrase or the or I started using the the quote of that compliments are like perfume they're meant to be sniffed not drank see you begin to drink those compliments you begin to take those in you begin to get your flesh loves that and see here's the thing 
There are times when you will get the accolades of men. There are times when you will get the encouragement. You'll get the confidence. I, I laughed. You know, there, there, I've been in pastored several churches, and there were some churches, I mean, boy, you, it was fun to sit at the back of the church and listen because people say, oh, pastor, that was such a wonderful word. That was speaking right to me. I love that. And then you go to other churches. They just walk out. See you, pastor. See you, pastor. I'm like, dude, wasn't that a great sermon? Come on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm working hard here. It's funny, the personalities of, of the church, and I won't tell you which church was that way. I get plenty of compliments. I don't need the compliments. Here's the thing. I learned to have my confidence in Jesus Christ. My confidence is in Him. Now, that wasn't always that way. I love to hear good feedback like most everybody does. But I had to learn. And, and you know what? I balanced all that by knowing I go before God and I say, God, I don't work for people. I don't work for their compliments. I don't do all this so that people think I'm wonderful. I do it for one thing and one thing only, to please you, Father. And if we keep that attitude and we keep it balanced, now, not that I don't try to make everybody happy, you know, but that, that you, you figure out after a while, you can't make everybody happy. You just got to go with what God says. But when, I, when my confidence is in God, it's consistent. It's new every morning. It's there every time I need it. If people don't say a word, if people run me down, talk bad about it, whatever, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not drugged down because my confidence, my strength, my stability comes from God. So not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought does not mean don't think highly of yourself. It means don't get it out of balance. But you, we need to absolutely know who we are in Christ Jesus. We need to understand that, that, that one of, uh, some of those scriptures that we got to have so known, depending on where we're at. I beat myself up. I'm, you know, you think, if you think you can be a critic of me, I can be the biggest critic of me. I can pick on me and work on me and, and, and beat myself up harder than, than about anybody. Because I set a, a standard I want to I do well. And so, you know, in, in all aspects of life. But here's the thing. I have to make sure that I keep those things balanced and allow God to continue to work in my life. And, and the way that I do that is I got to be, notice this word down here in the bottom of this, it says, to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So our mind, you can hold your place there. Well, I don't know that we're going to really, yeah, we are. Let's go, let's go, hold your place there, go to Mark chapter 5. I, I love this, uh, this teaching here. Because it demonstrates a transformation of a man who was demon-possessed. Now, I want to, I want to, this, this Greek word uh, is the same Greek word as soberly. That, that doesn't mean without alcohol. That's not necessarily what that means. It means clear thinking. All right. It's the same. I believe it's maybe the same word. It'd be the same form of the word that says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Second Timothy one seven. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power and a sound mind, clear thinking. So so right thinking, able to make right decisions. That's what he's talking about now in in. Let me read this. Uh, this is the Greek uh, uh, Strong's definition of that word uh, soberly. It, it is to be of sound mind, sane, self-controlled, serious, moderate, sober-minded, restrained, and disciplined, able to reason. 
Now see, if we can not think too highly of ourselves, but think high enough, if we can be sober in our thinking, if we can be clearly minded, if we can be moderate, okay, and restrained and disciplined, it'll produce in us the ability to reason. So, so what does that do? It allows us to see clearly what's taking place that's got, our, got ourselves in a bind. That would, what, what does pride do? It quits thinking reasonably and disciplined, and it starts to say, Whoo, look how good I am. Or, or, or this title, boy, you know. You, you ever know anybody, you ever worked with anybody, they, get, they got a title and all of a sudden it's like, man, you used to be a neat guy, and now you're just a, something else. Or you know somebody who... who is messed up by those things because they get to thinking too too highly of themselves. But also, what what about somebody who is uh, tremendously hardware? It's one of the things I love about Cowboy Church. If somebody comes in their work clothes, and, or they, or their work clothes are not a suit and tie or dressed up or whatever, and and they come in that, we don't think of you any different than the person who might come in once in a while. We have somebody comes in pretty dressed up. They, they, they figure out real quick, they, you know, a guy come in not, not too long ago. Well, no, it has been long ago, probably two years ago now. But he'd come in here, and he'd sit over here, and he had a sport coat on. And I thought, I, I just told him, I said, man, I'm glad you came. If you, you know, you're, you're welcome here however you, however you are, however you dress. I didn't want him to feel any more uncomfortable than somebody who goes to a, a churchy church who doesn't dress up, right? But sound mind. Now, notice this goes on. I want to give you some more of this definition. This word is, a lot, of, a lot of these words are, are formed from multiple Greek words. It's, it's from sozo, mean, meaning to save, and friend, which is the mind. The word describes our behavior and attitude as we approach the ending of this age. You know, uh, this, this story definition talks about this man in, let's look in verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 5 of Mark. It says... Then he came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound and shackled in chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken into pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he worshipped him. Now understand something. It, it, it said there in that verse 4 that no one had the answer for him. And yet he was crying out. This is what the Lord, this, this struck me just a, a year or so ago as I ministered from this, this topic that this man was crying out. How many people do we know, do we experience that, that cry out? And they, they may not outwardly cry, but on the inside they're crying out. And that could be people who go to church who look really good. There's been times whenever, whenever we face things that are so great that we're, that we're crying out. We're, we're needing help. We know there's people out there that are lost as well, that they're crying out. It says no one had an answer, but he was about to meet the answer. We know it was Jesus. Verse 5, it says, always at night and day he, he cried out. See, this man wanted restored. Now, verse 6, when he saw Jesus from afar off, he ran 
and he worshiped him. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a, 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 an opinion. I don't do a lot of that, but an opinion, the way I see this. This right here, when he saw him and ran to Jesus, he was the man crying out. But then the demon spoke, verse 7, And when he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I implore you uh, by God that you do not torment me. See, he went from crying out, running to him, worshiping him, to the next voice you heard, the, the demon that was, that was tormenting him in this instance, crying out, says, well, No, you get away from me. Why, why are you bothering me? So he was in that conflict. For, for uh, <clears throat> verse 8, for he said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. That's Jesus speaking. Then he asked him, What is your name? And the man said, My name is, is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine feeding in the nearby mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. Now remember, this was a, a, a legion of demons. This was a, a lot of, this man had a lot of demons. This wasn't just one little old deal. This was a big deal. Verse 13 says, At once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. The herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So they fed the swine, uh, so they, so those who fed the swine fled, and they told, uh, told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus, and they saw the one who had been demon-possessed and been the legion, and had the legion, sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were very afraid. Now that word right mind is the same Greek word, it's just translated in a, a little different than the one who was sober in his thinking. Now, that's when he, he th then we understand that definition of the difference here. He said he, he was a sound mind, he was sane, he was self-controlled, he was serious, moderate, sober-minded, restrained, disciplined, and able to re reason. And he hadn't been that way before. See, that's what happens when Jesus comes into our lives. We, we may not be demon-possessed. Hopefully not. Now, I have seen demons driven out of people. That, that can happen. I have seen that. Okay, I have prayed for people. I have seen people delivered and, and brought to their right mind. But here's the thing. We all have an issue that needs dealt with. Not doesn't have to be a demon, doesn't have to be an issue. We could, but when Jesus comes into our life, the answer comes into our life. He then transforms our lives much like his because we left, whether demon-possessed, that, that, let's, let's separate from demon-possessed, but we were sure sin-possessed. We were sure under the domination and control of sinful life. And as a result of that, what happened? We were put in a place and a position that our mind wasn't clear. We didn't have the ability to have the, the right ability to reason and to, and to make good decisions and to be disciplined in our mind. How many times do we, are we led astray before we've made Jesus Lord and before Jesus has transformed us? How many times have we been led astray by fear, by, by uh, greed, by any number of jealousy, 
Those things can torment us all kinds of different ways that we can be uh, held down in our thinking, in our thought life. But see, just like this man was set free and began and, and was changed in his now brought into his right mind, it, it demonstrated an instant transformation and then an ongoing process that Jesus brought to this man. And that's what I love to see as much as anything, is when people get saved, I love to see that. But what I love to see even just as much, I don't know if I'd say even more, but is, is it whenever they begin to lock into the Word of God, begin to understand the Word of God, and it begins to change them, to transform them from a person who would think more highly of themselves or think too lowly of themselves to being in that place where I'm, I'm just right where I need to be. I'm all that God has called me to be. I'm all that God says I am. Begins to be able to think the right way. You know, no longer are we led by our flesh. No longer are we ruled and dominated and, and, and put in that place in that position to where we're crying out, God help me. Man, I tell you what, it's, it's a remarkable thing. Let's flip back over to Romans chapter 12. And we'll, and we'll look here in verses 1 and 2 at how this, at, at how this process works. You know... <clears throat> Uh, when it says in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Th this is what that man did when he ran to Jesus. He cried out, Jesus, you're the one who saves me, Jesus. And then he, he says, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now verse 2, he says, and, be, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, I tell you what, it, it, is, it is rich when we begin to think about and understand the, the, the uh, benefit that comes as a result of that kind of transformation. You see, that, man, that, that man's spiritual life was transformed by Jesus coming to him, by him coming into the presence of Jesus, by Jesus delivering him from the, from the de demons, the control. But you know what? When we were living, here's, here's what we've got to understand. When we were living without God, Jesus just makes it very clear. The, the Word of God makes it very clear. We're separated from God. We're, we're under lordship of the, of the enemy. Satan has a certain amount of control over us just because our flesh, just because our propensity to sin, just because of the way we approach things. You know, we can understand that there's a certain level of evil in all of us until we've given ourselves over to God. You know, uh, that, that's hard to believe with some people that, that you know that maybe even before they were saved, they were really, really good people. But down deep in our heart, in the heart of hearts, there were certain things that, that we kept hidden, keep, kept hidden from God or whatever. But when God comes into our life, when Jesus becomes our Lord, when we surrender to Him, transformation begins to take place. And He says that we'll be transformed and, and we'll begin to... That's, a, that's that process of, of over time being changed and transformed. You know, that man, his spiritual life changed instantly. But he, be, he would have had to have begun, just like every other believer, begun a process of getting our minds renewed. Why is that so important? Because we've got we to think of who we are after we've given our lives to Jesus Christ. 
That's why, that's why I challenge you to continue to grow in the things of God. Continue to allow God to minister to you and, and help you to grow. What are a few things that we, we want to understand? First of all, and I'm not going to turn there for the sake of time, but Ephesians 1.7 talks about the fact that we were re- redeemed and forgiven. When we make Jesus Lord of our lives, Ephesians 1.7, and, and in fact, I'm, I'm doing my morning Bible study on, on our High Call Facebook on, on the first chapter of Ephesians. And, and identifying all the things throughout that chapter that are ours, that we're chosen, that we're accepted, that we're, that we're forgiven, that we're redeemed, all of these things that are, that are ours. And we need to identify with those and see those, but we have to settle in our mind, be renewed to the fact that we're redeemed, not based on our goodness, not based on what we do, but by the blood of the Lamb, by, by Jesus. And when we receive that and we receive His forgiveness, then we can identify with that, and that becomes our title. I'm forgiven. That's why I challenge you. I don't go around telling people, well, we're, you know, I'm just a sinner. I know that goes against some people's doctrine, some people's idea. But understand, if you say, I'm a sinner, you make sure you follow that up with, but I'm saved by grace, but I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, but I'm, I'm, I'm made new in Him. You know, not saying that we don't sin, but to identify. I want to identify with the fact that I'm forgiven. Otherwise, I'll liable to allow myself to think lower of myself than what God does. God doesn't see you that way. God sees you through the blood. God sees you forgiven. God sees you redeemed. God sees you loved. The other thing that I want you to turn, turn to, I want you to turn to uh, Romans 8, and I'm going to hit this real quick, Romans 8, 37. Because I want you to identify with these things, knowing who you are in Christ. Yet in all these things, it says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Understand, you're more than a conqueror through him who loved us. When, you, when you're not enough or you struggle with enough, you need to identify with the fact and understand, God, you give me the ability to overcome. I'm not going to remain under the circumstances, but I'm going to trust you to be over the circumstances. I'm going to entrust my life to you that you give me the ability to understand and know that I don't have anything without you, but I'm not without you. Therefore, Ephesians 1 says that all, th- or says that, uh, all the, the spiritual blessings are in Christ Jesus, that we can receive that from Him. You know, I want to close with this. I want you to go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John back in the back, just ahead of... Revelations and Jude, 1 John chapter 4. This needs to be another scripture that you have settled in who you are. So that you're not thinking more highly of yourself than you ought, but you're sure enough not letting the devil have any ground. What James says, said, give no place to the devil. Resist him steadfast. Verse 4 says, you are of God, little children. First thing I got to settle, I'm of God. If I made Jesus Christ Lord, I'm of God. And you have overcome them, talking about all those out in the world, because, notice this, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. See, every time you wonder if you're enough, every time you question your ability, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I don't know if I can do this, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Then you can couple that with the old favorite Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But I got to understand, his strength's not come from the outside. His strength's come from the inside. 
He says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Every time you begin to feel the end of your ability, whatever you face, go back to that scripture. Say, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I got the greater one living on the inside of me. Ephesians chapter 1 talks about the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead What does what? Dwells in you. Woo! He can bring dead, dead things to life, and he's living inside of you. Man, you ought, to, you ought to be shouting happy right now. You ought to be excited. I know you are. You're just all quiet and calmed down about it. Okay. But man, I tell you what, that enables us to, to walk this out. You know, Jesus said in John 16, he says, I've overcome the world. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, but I've overcome the world. And listen, we've got to wrap this up. We've got to close. But that power that God, the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, the fact that it's dwelling in you ought to give you a confidence to know who you are. So I asked that question in the beginning, or I made the statement that we need to know who we are. Man, I tell you what, understanding what God has provided, what His will and desire for us is, and then understanding how we begin to operate in that is so key to our growth. But we'll be transformed over time. You know, that all begins with that relationship with Jesus Christ. And I would assume that everybody here is saved. You've made that decision. You've, you've received Christ. There may be somebody watching who's never done that. The other powerful thing is, is that, that there is a choice to a lot of this. A choice to say, God, I'm no longer going to think of myself lowly, not good enough. I'm not going to allow the condemnation of the world or the condemnation from me hold me down. I'm going to receive all that you have for me. Bring that transformation to my life. Let's pray. Father, we just pray and we just, we just ask you tonight to help us to know who we are in you. That Father, none of us in here can earn it. None of us deserve your grace, your love, your mercy, your goodness. But Father, you've extended it to us. So, Lord, for anyone who would, who would be thinking too low of themselves, I pray, Father, that you'd renew their mind to the fact that they have the greater one living in, inside them. And that, Father, regardless of, of what the world says about them, or regardless of their natural title, they're a child of God. They're of God, as you said in, in, Mark, in uh, 1 John 4, 4. And the greater one lives within them. So, Father, I pray that we get that reality, we get that understanding, so that, Lord, in the face of, of all the tribulation of this world and in the face of, of a time where, where things are, are, are very much in question, that, Lord, we're going to hold fast our confidence in you to know that you are our hope, you are our redeemer, you are our supply, you are our provision, that, Lord, you're our wisdom, you're, you're our strength, you're our peace. And the Father, when, when any and everything else falters, when everything else comes up short, Lord, you never leave us nor forsake us. So, Father, I just pray tonight that we, we, would, we would grab hold of that. And, Father, for anybody who's allowed themselves to get too high and in pride, I pray, Father God, that you would absolutely receive the repentance, and that's all it takes is say, Lord, forgive me for thinking too high of myself, for getting out of line. And Father, I repent, and I come, hope, I come to, to you humbly, 
and humble myself under the mighty hand of God, that you exalt me in due time, that, Father, I praise you and I thank you that you receive those prayers. And for anybody who needs to make Jesus Lord of their life, that they can confess their need for this Savior, Jesus, and say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die for my sin. I thank you, Father, that I, believe, I can believe in him and receive everlasting life. And I do now confess him as my Lord and my Savior. If you can pray that prayer, then you can be born again. I pray that, Father, you'd lead and guide them to the right people and to us so we can minister to them as they grow. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that we love to do here is, is pray and lift up the prayer needs. We pass around the clipboard. And, and, and you know, sometimes there's people who uh, have or have need to, for us to lay hands on them or agree with them in prayer and, and believe. And we have some mighty prayer warriors that go and pray. And, and so tonight, if you need prayer, as the earlies come and they bless us, we're going to have an opportunity for you to sing, so come on. Or, uh, no, you don't have an opportunity to sing. They have an opportunity to sing. Well, you have an opportunity to pray. So if you'd like to join us in prayer, you can sure do that. Okay. You know, one of the first songs the Lord ever gave me, and this is where I was. I was in the pit of darkness. And the words go something like this. He did not seek me where riches are found. Nor soaring as eagles, I was low on the ground. Then my eyes were opened as I stood in disgrace. And I remembered he loves me. And I'm saved by his grace. We're all saved by his grace. And I'm so thankful to be standing up here looking at God's people. And feeling the love, you know. It's a good thing, isn't it? Be with God's people. So uh, I want to thank you all again before Judy starts talking. <laughs> okay. oh, this, this girl can talk now, I'm telling you. Y'all believe that, don't you? <laughs> All right, here's another song the Lord gave Don um, several years ago. It's called, And I Believe. And I believe, I believe, I believe when I'm on my knees. The God of all creation smiles at me. When I go to him in prayer, I know he will be there. He puts my heart at ease and I believe. It was Jesus and the rabbi, they were meeting late one night. When Nicodemus told him, well I know you're doing right. But as for what you're saying, I just don't understand. Then Jesus said, if you believe, you can be born again. And I believe, I believe, I believe when I'm on my knees. The God of all creation smiles at me. When I go to him in prayer, my heart at ease and I believe in John 3 16 it says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life I'm so thankful for that promise he was 
was standing by the roadside when Jesus passed by that day. He cried out, Son of David, would you take my sins away? The master had compassion and cast out his disease. Then Jesus said, you are made whole because you have believed. And I believe, I believe, I believe when I'm on my knees, the God of all creation smiles at me. my heart at ease and I believe and I believe I believe I believe when I'm on my knees the God of all creation smiles at me when I go to him in prayer I know he will be there he puts my heart at ease and I believe King in heaven, he was the Lamb at Calvary, and I believe, I believe, I believe. Thank, Thank you. Y'all. Thank y'all. Now this is a really old song. I don't even know how old it is, but it's called "How Beautiful Heaven Must Be." My granny used to sing this song, so I probably tear up. Well, then you need to look that way because I don't want to see it. Because then I might. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get right here and see if I can. Ooh, I'm looking forward to going to heaven, aren't y'all? It has to be a beautiful place. How beautiful. Heaven. We read in a place that's called heaven. It's made.
Thank you. Okay, now, y'all, this song is, um, we didn't do this a while ago, did we? Get Up Abraham? Yeah. No, we did Gonna Talk About Jesus. Yeah. I have, he's, I have, I have found a secret to get along with this lady. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. That's a good idea. Glad I thought of it. All that kind of stuff. Thank you, dear. Say that. Say no, that. No, I won't go that far. <laughs> okay, this song was uh, another. I don't know why I picked so many older songs the Lord gave Don, but okay. we were in Sunday school, and uh, our Sunday school teacher was real animated, and he was talking about it was about Abraham, and he was talking about how Abraham, how God talked to Abraham, and he and he just said, Abraham, just get up, get out of town. Do what you're supposed to be doing. And so the Lord gave Don this song, Get Up Abraham. Hence the words, Get Up Abraham. Do we have the words? So y'all hang on. Here we go. It's kind of different, but I'm different, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. God looked down on Abram and knew he was a faithful man. Told him he would be the one he would lead to the promised land. He said, I'm going to change your name and call you Abraham. And when they ask who is your God, just say the great I am. Why don't you get up? Get up, Abraham, get on. Get on out of town. I've got a place for you. Just won't believe And when you are growing old I will increase your foe Give you many children Like the sands upon the sea Abraham had built an altar Like the Lord told him to do as he lay his son upon the stone, he thought that his life was through. But as he lifted up the knife, God said, don't harm your son. For you found favor in my sight for the thing that you have done. So won't you get up? Get up, Abraham, get on. Get on out of town. I've got a place for you. That you just won't believe And when you are growing old I will increase your fold Give you many children Like the sands upon the sea God said, stand up, Abraham I'll show you what I'll do. The land you see from miles around, now it all belongs to you. Be fruitful here and multiply. From you I will be found. There'll come a day many will say, we are of Abraham. Why don't you get up? Get up, Abraham, get on. Get on out of town, I've got a place for you that you just won't believe. And when you are growing old, I will increase your foe, give you many children like a sand upon the sea. 
If you be children like the sands upon the sea. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's a long song, you know it. I like these little short songs. But it songs. has a story. You have to do all of it because it has the story. That's what I was thinking. Don't you know? Yeah, I was okay. just thinking the same thing. Uh, yeah, I know you are. Okay, here's one that y'all know, and hopefully you'll sing with us. I thought this was my song. But you can have it. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on, let me stand. I'm tired, I'm weak, I'm worn. At the end of that song, we blew, uh, we blew a fuse. My sound lady. Don, did you not plug that little plug in? I sure, do, I sure thought I did. I think the preacher unplugged it when he walked past there a while ago. No, don't you blame him. Did you plug it in? Y'all wouldn't believe I was an electrician about 40 years, would you? And I can't even plug plug in. But it is plugged in. Um, and that goes to the computer. Y'all, we're sorry. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen to the earlies. I need some strength for Thursday. I'm serious. Uh, I'm a wimp. Uh, I cry a lot. And, uh, I think. I've had this little long-haired miniature dachshund. For uh, 16, nearly going on 17 years. And I'm going to have to put her down Thursday. It's hard because, you know, God made these little animals so we could love each other, you know. So Thursday about 1030, if you think about it, just say, let him not cry too much, and I'll settle for that prayer. Thank you. We're going to try this song again. Well, I, I charge after the third time now. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on. Lord, I'm tired, I'm weak, and I'm worn through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light, take my hand, precious Lord. When my way precious Lord, rose dreams, precious Lord, linger near. When my light, my light is almost gone, 
Thank you. Thank you. We had a great time. Thank you all so much. What a blessing they are. We want to be uh, we want to be standing with Don. He's going in. When are you going in? Are you going to have art valve? I go Dallas. The assessment. Yeah. For the assessment. And they're going to either do this or do this. And I right. hope they do this. Right. We want it fixed either yeah. way, whatever it is. But my well, main my main aorta is get up just here. my main aorta yeah. is just about shut down. Well, and I was telling somebody a while ago, and, and this is true, I, I I take the trash out, and that's about as low as you can get when you're a man. And when right. you sink to just trash, taking it, you're, you're, but anyway, I, I, I get, my heart gets hurting, and right. I nearly pass out. Right. Well, you so need GD, that fixed. GD takes the trash out. Now. Right. Well, you know, hey, that, <laughs> let's, let's pray for you. Thank you. Y'all just reach your hands over here and agree. And Father, we just thank and praise you for Don, the gift that he is. And Father God, you've gifted him to, to minister to you. You've given him many songs. You've given him a great life. And Father, we, we just know one thing, that he's ready to meet you. But Lord, we don't want to give him give up any days. And Father God, we want him to fulfill all of his days so we don't give the devil any ground. So Lord God, we're going to stand in agreement with Don and that, that he will receive good counsel. Father God, you've put him with great doctors. That Lord God, that, that they would have the wisdom to know exactly what needs to be done, that they'll do everything they need to and nothing more. And Father God, I praise you that you prepare his body to receive the, the whatever treatment, whatever uh, surgery, whatever process, and that Father God, in the end result is health. And Lord God, we thank you that he continue to operate in, in strength until his, until his final days. And Lord God, I thank you and I praise you that he can continue to minister and, and, and bring the love of Jesus to those around. Father, we praise you. We thank you for it. We ask for peace 
and, and strength and that, that you'd protect and guide as they travel, as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, amen. Pastor. Thank you all. God bless you. All right. Well, we bless y'all. I'm so thankful for y'all to be in here tonight. Uh, continue to lift up the, the Ukrainian people. Uh, stand with them. God be at work in that, in that situation. Uh, I don't believe there's any, uh, a whole lot that can be said other than that. But we know and pray just for the, the blessing upon our nation and, and our leadership as, as they would have wisdom. Uh, we're praying for that. We were already praying for it, and we're going to pray even harder now. Amen. So let's close in prayer. Father, we just come before you. We thank you for this evening, this night. And Lord, I just ask that we'd receive this word, that we'd receive this encouragement, that Father God, we'd walk not in fear, but in faith, knowing that you hold our future, and we're walking in step with you. Lord, help us to know and remember the greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I believe, do y'all have CDs and stuff, music and stuff out there? Is there... Uh, if, 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 all right. If, if y'all need any, there's some out there. Blessing. Good to have y'all.